Hello, my name is Keith Sieber. I am pastor of uh, New Beginning Baptist Church in Palm Coast, Florida. And our church has been studying the end times for about six months now. And uh, it's been suggested to me that we start turning these messages on the end times into a podcast and put them out there in podcast form. And so that's what we're going to do. Our study on the end times is a little bit different than um, your standard study. Uh, we go into the other scriptures a lot more than just Revelation. As a matter of fact, we haven't started looking at Revelation too much yet. We'll start that up here in just a few weeks. Uh, we are about six months into our study, and we've looked at uh, scriptures in Isaiah. We've looked at Second Peter. We've looked a little bit at Revelation. We've looked at Daniel, a lot in Daniel. We've looked at Jeremiah. We've looked at Ezekiel. looked at Exodus, Leviticus, Thessalonians. Uh, we spent several weeks in Matthew 24 and 25. Uh, we're just taking a good long look at the end times. Uh, we're looking at things at a little bit different point of view. And I uh, hope you enjoy our study as we dig into the end times. And this will be uh, message number one on the end times. And like I said, we are on, a, on about message 24, 25 right now in our study. And we'll probably end up uh, with more than 50 messages in this study once we're done. Uh, but this is the start of message uh, number one. And we, I've entitled that, Declaring the End from the Beginning, an Introduction to Bible Prophecy. And we're going to start looking at Isaiah chapter 46. I'm going to read verses 9 to 13. Isaiah chapter 46, verses 9 to 13. Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is none else. I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. Calling a ravenous bird from the east, the man that executeth my counsel from a far country, yea, I have spoken it, I will also bring it to pass, I have purposed it, and I will also do it. Hearken unto me, ye stout-hearted, that are far from righteousness. I bring near my righteousness. It shall not be far off, and my salvation shall not tarry. And I will place salvation in Zion for Israel, my glory. And uh, beginning of this, verse 10 again I'm going to read. Declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. Declaring the end from the beginning. That is the title of our first message in this series on the end times. I would like to also read Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things belong unto the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever that we may do all the words of this law. No pastor, no teacher, no believer will ever understand all of the Bible. But it seems most Christians are content to understand all too little of what God is willing to reveal to his children. The secret things, uh, as stated in Deuteronomy 29, 29, the secret things belonging to God but the things which are revealed belong unto his children. And one of those things 
that much is revealed about is the subject of the end times, or the doctrine of eschatology. And since this information is revealed unto us, we should seek to know it, to understand as much of it as we can, and seek to then apply that knowledge to our lives, apply that knowledge to our ministry, and allow that knowledge to motivate us to reach people for the Lord. Now, the Holy Spirit is the author of the Word of God, and He also dwells in all truly born-again Christians. Now, the author of any book is the best teacher of that book. I've written several books, and I think I would teach my book better than somebody else could teach one of my books. So, the author of any book is the best teacher of that book. And we have the author of the Bible. If we're Christians living inside of us, that is the Holy Spirit. Therefore, the Holy Spirit reveals the deep things of God to believers who are willing to pay the price of deep study in the Word, pay the price of much meditation on the Word, pay the price of comparing spiritual things with spiritual things and and comparing Scripture with Scripture. It is true that man cannot lift the veil which hides future events from human eyes events yet to take place in the program of God. But too many prophecies have already been literally fulfilled for any reasonable person to say that these things happened by chance. They happened according to the plan of the sovereign almighty God who writes history in advance. As we study prophetic truth, we will see that the first coming of Jesus demands his second coming. Just as his second coming necessitated the first. He came the first time to redeem the souls of men. He is coming the second time to redeem all creation. Christ crucified, risen, ascended, and coming again bodily must be accepted if the Bible is to be understood and its teachings harmonized. Prophecies already fulfilled in minute detail give absolute proof that prophecies yet unfulfilled will be brought to pass as the, at the appointed time by God, just exactly as they were prophesied to have taken place. Now, in our study, we believe in a literal interpretation of Scripture. Now, we compare Scripture with Scripture, but we like the Bible to speak for itself. Uh, we like to look up verses to help us understand that verse. If there's a word uh, that we're not sure of, we'll look up that and find other passages that have that word, and we'll compare Scripture with Scripture. Uh, we believe the Bible is the best interpreter of itself, and we believe in the literal interpretation of the Bible. That's kind of our uh, Bible interpretation or our Bible hermeneutic in a nutshell as we're looking at these end times, and as, we, as our church in a whole just studies God's Word, and as I preach from God's Word, uh, so our, our first point, back to our study here at End Times, our first point uh, in this first message is God's sovereignty and prophecy. God's sovereignty and pro- prophecy. Isaiah 46, 9-13 again. Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is none else. I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning. I'm going to pause there. God knew the end at the very beginning. He knew the end at the very beginning. That's what that's saying, declaring the end from the beginning. And from ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. 
calling a ravenous bird from the east, a man that executeth my counsel from a far country, yea, I have spoken it. I will also bring it to pass. I have purposed it. I will also do it. Hearken unto me, ye stout-hearted, that are far from righteousness. I bring near my righteousness. It shall not be far off, and my salvation shall not tarry. And I will place salvation in Zion for Israel my glory. No statement like that found in the previous passage of Scripture has ever appeared in any book written by mortal man. The passage just read contains divine and supernatural claims, which because of their very nature could be found only in the infallible living word of God. In these tremendous words recorded by Isaiah, God declares himself to be the self-existent one, the uncaused cause, the, the uncreated creator, the incomparable one standing alone in the solitary divine grandeur of his eternal being. It is here that God reveals himself in the wisdom of his omniscience, in the strength of his omnipotence, and in the eminence of his omnipresence. In these inspired words, God declares himself as knowing the end from the beginning, and that what he has purposed, he will do. We can believe the Bible. In God's holy word, we find history written in advance. We literally find history written in advance. That is, God causes history to run in the mold of prophecy. Therefore, the prophets of God, through inspiration, have pinned down world events and divine happenings centuries before they occur. Titus 1-2, in the hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. Hebrews 6.18, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation, who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. The Holy Scriptures are God-breathed. Through the Holy Spirit, God spoke everlasting truths, things that have literally come to pass, and things that are yet to come to pass. The men who penned our Bible recognize God as reigning on the throne of his eternal glory, ruling over the universe, and overruling in accordance with his perfect, unerring will, which cannot be broken. The prophets declare that God will ultimately triumph through the Lord Jesus Christ, Messiah, the King. Now, fulfilled prophecies prove unfulfilled prophecies. Events which have occurred and are occurring all around us prove beyond any shadow of a doubt that the word of God can be trusted, the word of God can be believed, and the word of God can be lived by. Events past and present prove that the prophetic declarations of all Scripture, both Old and New Testaments, are positively and unalterably true, for the word of God cannot be broken. Truly, we do have a more sure word of prophecy. Because so many prophecies have been fulfilled as set forth in the Holy Bible, whereunto ye do well that ye take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, 
But holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost, 2 Peter 1, 19-21. Now again, I want to reiterate at this time, we are not in a hurry as we look at Bible prophecy. We are going to take our time. I believe there is lots of groundwork to be laid before we jump into the book of Revelation. I believe there is lots of things to study, lots of things to look at, lots of things to get a general understanding of, some things we need more of a specific detailed understanding of before we can just jump straight into the book of Revelation. I know a lot of people go straight to Revelation, but there is so much end-time teaching in the rest of the Bible leading up to the book of Revelation, and Revelation kind of assumes in a little, a little bit that you know these things before you get there. So we need to look at these things before we get to the book of Revelation. So it's going to be a while before we get there, but these are important things that we need to understand, we need to know, we need to be familiar with before we jump into the book of Revelations. Now our next point, God determines the ultimate outcome. It is true that man is allowed to rule for a season independently of God, but man's rule is characterized by unrest, turmoil, strife, hatred, wars, protests, confusion, and chaos. In spite of all that man does or attempts to do, God overrules in his sovereign might. God will bring order out of chaos. God will establish his kingdom of peace on the earth. God will bring goodwill toward men. There is a day coming when every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. Philippians 2.11. Amen. Now man is a free moral agent. Man has free will given to him by God. God made man a free moral agent. Man has the privilege of choosing. Therefore, man works out his own destiny, but he is not permitted to overthrow God's plans. He is not permitted to overthrow God's decrees, and he is not permitted to overthrow God's eternal purposes. God allows man to go along in his own way as he did in the days of Noah, as he did in the days of Nimrod. But when man has gone far enough, God steps in and stops him, as in a tower of Babel. Acts 15.18 says, Known unto God are all of his works from the beginning of the world. Now we're going to look at some reasons to study Bible prophecy. God must consider Bible prophecy very important, because he has put so much of it in the Bible. At the time the Bible was written, over 28% of it was prophetic in nature. So why study Bible prophecy. Number one, for a proper understanding. A proper understanding and knowledge of Bible prophecy will protect the believer from cults, from false religions, and false predictions of the end of the world. Uh, I think I remember back in high school, I had, where there was a, a group or a man out there saying, uh, uh, predicting that war was going to end in 1989. I think it says 89 reasons for the, the end in 89, I think that's what it was. Uh, but men have done that over and over again. And if we, have, if we study Bible prophecy, we'll get, a, we'll get an understanding of that. We will not be led astray by those false predictions. Uh, Ephesians 6.11 says, Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And Matthew 24.14 says, Watch therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. A proper understanding of Bible prophecy should be a highly motivating factor to the Christian to go out 
and evangelize the lost before it is too late, and they are left behind, Matthew 24, 40. So, why study Bible prophecy? Reason number two, to help us to know the Lord at a more intimate level. Studying Bible prophecy will help us to know the Lord at a more intimate level. We'll learn more about Him and the future He has planned for us and grow to love Him more because of it. Revelation 1, 7-8 Behold, He cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see Him, and they also which pierced Him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of Him. Even so, Amen. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. So why study Bible prophecy? Reason number three, to bring us comfort. Studying the prophecy or studying Bible prophecy can bring us comfort in a very comfortless age. When we hear of all that is wrong with this world and it gets worse and worse day by day, when we hear of the wars breaking out, when we hear of the earthquakes and natural disasters, when we see the news reports of shootings, of tsunamis and hurricanes, when we hear and see and read the news reports of all the perversion in society, when we see the dark clouds of the sad condition of the world, look up, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Luke 21, 28. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up. And lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. Now our next point, the truth and reliability of Bible prophecy. Isaiah 42.9 says this, Behold, the former things are come to pass, and new things do I declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. Prophecy proves the truth of God's word. We are going to look at a few specific predictions. Uh, from the book of Nahum and their precise historical fulfillment. The book of Nahum reveals how the great city of Nineveh, the capital of the Assyrian Empire, would fall. Historical records show that in 612 BC, uh, the predictions we'll look at were fulfilled exactly. Uh, so these already fulfilled predictions. They were prophecy at the time. They were future at the time when these predictions were, were given, and but they were fulfilled precisely. History tells us they were fulfilled exactly as they are predicted. So prophecy number one, Nahum 3, verse 12. All thy strongholds shall be like fig trees with the first ripe figs. If they be shaken, they shall even fall into the mouth of the eater. According to the Babylonian Chronicle, the fortified town surrounding Nineveh began to fall in 614 B.C. Together as thorns, and while they are drunken as drunkards, they shall be devoured as stubble, fully dry. Diodorus Siculus, in his book Bibliotheca Historica in 20 BC, says that the Assyrian soldiers were drunk and carousing when the unexpected attack occurred. Prophecy number three, Nahum chapter 2, verses 6 and 8. The gates of the rivers shall be opened, and the palace shall be dissolved. But Nineveh is of old, like a pool of water, yet they shall flee away. Stand, stand, shall they cry but none shall look back. Ancient historians report that heavy rains in 612 BC caused a nearby river to overflow its banks, causing the city walls of Nineveh to break apart, flooding the city. 
There are numerous other examples of prophecies fulfilled proving the accuracy and truthfulness of the Bible, one of which is the prediction of the 70-year Babylonian captivity. Jeremiah chapter 25, verses 10 to 11. Moreover, I will take from them the voice of myrrh and the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride, the sound of the millstones and the light of the candle, and this whole land shall be a desolation and an astonishment, and these nations shall serve the king of Babylon seventy years. This specific prophecy was given decades before it occurred. The fulfillment of this prophecy is found in Second Chronicles chapter 36, verses 20 to 21. And them that had escaped from the sword carried he away to Babylon, where they were servants to him and his sons until the reign of the kingdom of Persia, to fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah until the land had enjoyed her Sabbaths. For as long as she lay desolate, she kept Sabbath to fulfill threescore and ten years. Based on these and hundreds of other prophecies already fulfilled and proven true, we can rest assured the prophecies we'll be studying on the end times will indeed come to pass, and I believe in the not-too-distant future. You can already see the clouds of the end times gathering on the horizon. Are you ready for the end times? Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior? If not, call on him today. Ask him into your heart and accept his free gift of salvation before that trumpet sounds and the rapture occurs and it's too late. Romans 10, 9 and 13. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and thou shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Are you ready for the end times? Please make sure you are ready. If you are not, contact our church, and we will do our best to show you how you can be ready. And by the time you get in, in that phone call or that conversation with us, we'll do our best to make sure you are 100% sure you are saved and ready for the end times. Now, let's look at our next point. Watch, therefore. Matthew 25, 13. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Watch, therefore. Pay attention to what is going on. Watch, therefore. Pay attention. Pay attention to what's going on. Give heed to what is happening around you. Be aware of the world. Be aware of world events as they point to prophetic happenings. We need to watch, therefore. We need to be looking and praying and seeking for God to give us discernment as to his end times prophetic pronouncements and how they apply and how they may unfold soon in our world. We need to be watching. We need to be studying. We need to be anticipating the ultimate and total fulfillment of all that God has said in his word will happen in the last days. For we are in the last days. Eschatology uh, is the study of the future world or the study of last things. And uh, uh, we have, I want to just kind of talk you through a simplistic uh, version of an outline of the end times. Uh, you have the present church age, we're in that right now. And then after that uh, is going to be the rapture of the church. And then we're going to have some uh, 
intermediate uh, uh, time frame. There's going to be a bit of time pass, and then there's going to be a peace treaty signed uh, between the Antichrist and the nation of Israel. And then that will start the time clock on Daniel's 70th week. That will start the time clock on the seven-year tribulation time period. In that first three and a half years, the Bible calls that the beginning of sorrows. And then you have the desecration of the temple. You have the abomination of desolation at that midpoint. And then you have the great tribulation, which is another three and a half years, totaling seven years of tribulation time period. Then you have the second coming of Christ. You have the return of Christ. Then you have a 75-day interval. And then the millennial reign of Christ begins. And that eternal state, that blessed eternal state begins after that. You know, there are over 1,000 passages of Scripture that were prophecies at the time they were written. Over 28% of the Bible was prophetic when it was written. More than half of these prophetic scriptures have already been fulfilled. Now, that golden rule of Bible interpretation, I mentioned it a little bit earlier in this podcast, but that golden rule of Bible interpretation. When studying the end times in the Bible, we are going to seek to apply what is called the golden rule of Bible interpretation. And that is, quote, when the plain sense of Scripture makes common sense, seek no other sense, but take every word as primary literal meaning unless the facts of the immediate context clearly indicate otherwise. We are to study and teach the whole counsel of God. As, as pastors and preachers, we are to study and teach the whole counsel of God. Acts twenty twenty seven. For I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. The Apostle Paul taught very young Christians the whole counsel of God. Now, we, in, the, in our study of the end times, we could go straight to Revelation, and that would be teaching part of God's counsel of the end times. But as preachers and as pastors, we are to teach all the counsel of God, all the counsel of God. So I believe we have to kind of back up. We have to study other things first before we get to Revelation so we can better uh, try to fulfill that command and study the whole counsel of God, study all the counsel of God, study, study the end times in a whole, in, the, in, their, in the context of the Bible. Like I said, we're going to be looking at Ezekiel, we're going to look at Leviticus, we're going to jump into Genesis, we're going to look at Jeremiah, we're going to look at Daniel, we're going to look at Matthew 24, 25, we're going to look at Thessalonians. We're, we've got a lot of things to study. We're going to look at Zephaniah, Zechariah. We have a lot of things to study uh, before we're going to jump in to the book of Revelation. So we are to study and teach the whole counsel of God. So on, on Paul, when Paul, I'm talking about Paul here, one of his first epistles he wrote was First and Second Thessalonians. Both of these contain a lot of prophetic passages. So Paul did not hesitate to teach prophecy. Paul did not hesitate to teach these prophetic teachings. Paul wanted these Christians to know what was to come. 1 Thessalonians 4.13 But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. We are not to be sorrowing. We are not to be cowering. We are not to be ignorant of what is coming. We are to study eschatology. We are to watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Matthew 25.13 so we need to, from time to time, 
take up a study of the last things or the things which are to come, if we are to be obedient to the commands and instructions of God to know, to study, to meditate on his entire written, revealed word of God to man, which we have in the form of the Bible. Now, we're going to stop there on this first podcast. We're going to go a little bit shorter on the first couple of them before we start going a little bit longer. Uh, but again, we are, are a brief summation of our philosophy is we, we believe we need to, to show uh, what the entire Bible teaches on the end times. It, not, uh, we're not, we won't be exhaustive in all areas, but we are going to spend, uh, in our church, we spend about six months getting ready to just study Revelation. And so it's going to take a while in this podcast to, to get to Revelation. But it's it's going to be interesting. You're going to learn. You're going to you're you're going to you're going to enjoy the journey through the study of the end times, on our way to the Book of Revelation. And again, we we believe in just letting the Bible interpret itself. The Bible is the greatest interpreter of itself. Uh, that golden rule of Bible interpretation. Again, when the plain sense of Scripture makes common sense, seek no other sense, but take every word at its primary literal meaning unless the facts of the immediate context clearly indicate otherwise. Uh, we believe in letting Scripture interpret Scripture, uh, spiritual things interpret spiritual things. We, just, we want to let the Bible speak for itself, and uh, we try not to read into it. We believe in exegeting the passage, uh, but we don't want to read into any passage. Now, there are going to be some passages that we come along, and some things we study, that it will be fun to do a little bit of speculation. And we'll, we'll make sure we are uh, pointing that out, that we're just speculating, uh, that we're throwing some what-ifs out. Um, but I hope you continue on this journey with us. Uh, our church has really enjoyed this study. I've really enjoyed this study, preparing the messages and just learning what God's Word says about the end times. And thank you for joining us on this first podcast uh, of our study, our series on the end times from New Beginning Baptist Church here in Palm Coast, Florida. And that was just part one of declaring the end from the beginning. And we'll pick up part two in our next podcast. Thank you. Mm-hmm.